Good morning, Drive Time. Welcome back. Uh, this week, we have the pleasure of speaking with uh, Pastor Bill Natalzia. Uh, he is also known as the Bearded Rev, which uh, might actually be the coolest name for a pastor I've ever heard. Uh, so yeah. when Bill, Bill and I got introduced, uh, we actually kind of right off the, the bat got involved in uh, what might be seen as kind of a deep conversation about a functional savior. Um, and Bill, I'm gonna let you explain what that means. What What is a functional savior? So that the guys know what we're talking about. And by the way, awesome. welcome. Hey, David. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. Uh, so a functional savior is a very basic uh, premise. It is anything that you turn to regularly where you should be turning to the Lord. And that's just a simple way to put it, but it's actually very complex because there's a multitude of things in our lives that pull us away from our worship of the King. And Paul says to pray continuously, and it says in the word that if we don't worship the rocks will, and I don't know about you, I don't want to be anywhere around a, a rock that's crying out in worship, that would freak me right out. So I want to take the place of that and I want to let go of the things in my life that that tie themselves around me. They bind me. Like if you get home from work, like there's nothing wrong with having a beer after work. And I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. There is nothing wrong with that unless, of course, you have an issue with that or a problem with, with doing that. But if that's what you turn to before you turn to the Lord, if you have a bad day at work and you say, hey, you know what, I'm going to have a beer. Maybe that'll, that'll reset me. That'll take, that'll take away the, the anxiety and pressure from, the, from my long day at the office or, or on the job. Well, that's not really what we should be doing. Or, or maybe let's, let's say it's not, it's not something that's bad at all. Maybe it's food. I mean, food's not bad, right? So maybe you turn to a whole bag of chips before... Uh, before dinner and you know i mean if you're a man like me a whole bag of chips wouldn't spoil your appetite before dinner if dinner's good but if that's what i'm turning to instead of the lord maybe maybe i'm not practicing my faith the way i think i am and and it, it will creep up it's it, it really is a slippery slope i uh one of the things that that happened to me is i was i was preaching pretty regularly on on sundays and i started to believe my own press i became my idol i started stealing the glory from the father thinking that it was me that was doing any of the work and that can be dangerous the slightest things that rob god's glory and our worship of him and our going to him first as an option for for health and wellness and peace and calm and serenity all those things that we all crave all the time there's an unlimited supply at the father there is an unlimited supply at the father where anything that we do that is a functional savior will never satisfy us whether it's our kid being successful on the uh, on the ba on the travel baseball team or you know maybe you have a an eBay store that does really great. You know, there these things that you're, you're pushing ahead. I can't go, I can't go to fellowship at church this Sunday, or I can't get to the message this Sunday because I have golf 
every Sunday. Not that there isn't plenty of other time to do it, right? But we'll think of a million things that will take us off of God. And don't get me wrong, David. I'm not saying that you got to be the kind of person that's walking around in robes like the Pharisees and, oh, well, if the Lord wills it, then we'll do it. And, and you know, this, this overly pious, I like to call them cartoon Christians. You bump into them all the time. They're these people that you're like, yeah, that guy's not real. But the reality to it is you do have to live a life that that honors God and glorifies him like he created us for this you know this is our primary purpose in life is to is to worship him so when we take these things that are either good or detrimental they'll always become detrimental because it takes us away from our our time with the father and I think personally I have a lot of uh a lot of times that 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 can creep in well how about you David do you have that well, so I, I just want to take a step back to make sure the guys are, are tracking with us um, because you talked about, you know, you, you brought up, you know, a, a beer after work and then you talked about food and you even talked about yourself in preaching. And obviously that kind of runs a gamut of maybe something that's unnecessary to something that, you know, we need sustenance every day to something that obviously is a calling placed in your life and it, and it is inherently good but in the in the framework and the conversation we're having each one of those things uh can potentially become what actually takes our eyes off of god is that kind of the the direction you're going yeah yeah in a sense not our eyes so much as our heart if you read anything that jesus said in, in the new testament anything and a lot of what paul is saying what jesus is really after is our heart and if we give our heart, look, even my wife can become an idol. I love my wife with all my heart. I, I do. But I love my father so much more. I mean, my wife can't be number two if, if Christ isn't number one. So there's, it's my heart that, that he's really after. And that, so now that brings up the, the motive behind the action. Like you said, some of those things are good. You know, they're, right. they're good things. Eating is, but what's my motive? Am I doing it to soothe my soul? Because I promise you, anything you do to soothe your soul other than worship, and I don't mean like singing a Chris Tomlin song in your car. I mean, straight up sold out worship to the king. Everything I am, everything that I have, it's his, all of it. Like, I only have this wife that I love more than anything because he gave her to me. He created her for me to be married to her someday. Like, that, like, how can you not worship that? Yet, I'll take the created. This is a Tim Keller thing. I love the way he says it. He says, you'll take the created and put it over the creator. Right. And I think that's really what I'm getting to. The, the, the crux of of the functional savior is when we take the created and put it over the creator. Right. And our, and our motive is what does it really. Right. So how do we fight against that? What's the, what's the, the recourse um, or how do we even become aware of it? Therein lies the, therein lies the hitch because sometimes we do these things consciously, right? 
and we know what we're doing, right? We were talking about that. You know, you know, man, that little stir you get in your spirit when you know you're doing something that you really shouldn't be doing. Well, this is the same thing. Sometimes you get that stir and sometimes you don't. And when you don't get that stir, it doesn't mean that it's a good thing. It's just you're in a blind spot. And we all have them. We all have blind spots. So one of the things that uh, I do, and I, I don't know if uh, this is something that everybody does, but I believe that every Christian should have at least three solid relationships in their walk. You should have someone that you're pouring into and discipling. You should have someone that's pouring into you and discipling you. And you should have someone that you're equally yoked with. And work out your faith with these men. I, I think it's so vital. And so now, now I have a blind spot and I drink a six pack of Pepsi when, and this is a true story here, man, I will suck down a six pack of Pepsi when I'm having a bad day, not even realizing that I'm doing that. But I've got men in my life. I got men in my life at about the third, second or third Pepsi are going, Hey man, slow down. You just closed. You just finished one of those. That stuff's not good for you in that quantity, you know, and they'll see the things when I start to get squirrely, I got men in my life that see it. So finding those things in my blind spots is much easier because I've given these men the, the permission to look into me. Like I, I have men in my life. I, I call them my personal eldership. I have men in my life that at any given time can look at my bank account. They can look at my browser history. They can look, they, they can go through my sock drawer for all I care. Because you can't live above reproach unless someone is able to catch you doing it. And I want to give, I want to have men in my life that I love enough and that love me enough to be able to step in in those moments and, and check me over. And another thing that you can do when you do notice that this is happening, I know this sounds crazy, repent. Do 180 degrees away from it and agree with God that it's wrong. You know, the number one mentioned sin in the Bible is idolatry. It's, it's the first commandment. It's the very first thing he says. I am the Lord your God. You shall not put any other small g gods before me. Well, if g is small, then, I mean, all of this, I mean... I could be addicted to water and this could be my God. I could turn to this bottle of water instead of turning to God. I mean, that's a little outrageous, but there's a, a numer new, numerous things. And in that moment of repentance and lament, because you know, when you notice that you're wrong, lament is the right thing to do before repentance, because lament brings it out. Like have some sorrow for your sin. It's okay. And if you look at any, uh, if you look at, for instance, Psalm 51, where David is pouring himself out, he's, he's lamenting, then he repents, and then he's corrected. And, and that is what, what we need to do when we identify that, that, uh, that functional savior is we need to go down the path of lament, repentance, and correction. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to create a, or you're not going to create a void and something else might slip in while you're not looking. So you got to be careful. You got to be prepared and you got to, you got to communicate it to the men that you have in your accountability circle, because if they don't know that you've noticed it, they don't know that it's an issue for you. Right. All right. So, I mean, 
I feel like you're creating a, a definitely a big picture of of what this is to to you know whether intentionally or what probably more commonly unintentionally create this functional saver in in your life where you're relying on something more heavily than you are relying on the father. Um, with that in mind, um, given that this is, is drive time and we love that action step, we like to take stuff out of the conceptual and put it into the practical. So what is the thing that we need to step into this week that's going to help us grow, not just as individuals, but as, as Christian men, as husbands, fathers, brothers, sons, whatever it is that our role is in life. What, what is it that we can do this week? I think it's a, I think it's a three-pronged attack, to be honest with you, David. The first one is, uh, is just take a moment in prayer and ask God to shine a light upon what it is in your life easiest way to find it is ask the guy who made you, right? So we ask the father, hey, Lord, what is it that I'm turning to instead of you? He'll illuminate it because you'll get that stir that I talked about earlier. The second thing is when you see things, when you see things happening, you feel that uh, irritability, the discontentedness that always accompanies us going to our functional saviors. When that starts to arise, Write down what it is that you wish you were doing right now. What is it? Is it having a beer? Is it put just take carry a little uh, little field notes? I have a bunch of them. I carry them everywhere. This right here is a is a Christ follower's greatest friend because the slightest thing that happens in my day, I can write down. Hey, I want to keep keep going with that. I want to pray about that. This is what I need to correct, and and I just keep keep filling it up. So. Put, just jot it down on something in your pocket, whether it's a, a field notes or a three by five card, what it is you're turning to, and then watch for it. Be wary, share it with your accountability partners. And then the, the, the last, the third attack, the third prong of this attack, I honestly believe is prayer. Just be sold out in prayer. When, when you need, go to the one who has. When you, when you feel a certain way and, and you don't want to feel that way, go to the one who changes the way we feel. When you have a thought that you don't like, take it captive, go to the Father. Prayer is one of the, the biggest tools that we have as Christian men. And for some reason, we run from it like it's scary. And it isn't. It, it, it truly is the greatest opportunity to communicate with the creator of the universe, the Father. That that to me is uh, that to me is the best way to beat this back and keep it back. Well, that's great, and I don't know that there's anything in there that uh, the guys who are watching uh, don't know how to do or can't um, seek out guidance in in those areas of their lives, especially in those blind spots. Uh, Bill, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us this morning and just laying this out before us. Uh, I appreciate your input and your time. Uh, gentlemen, we'll see you again next week on another episode of Drive Time. See ya.